Cinema Vino. Oh, hey. We got another two-man podcast. It's me and TB. Yeah, thought Sean was going to be able to make it, but I guess he's just mad at us. I know. Which happens. I mean, we, we tend to provoke that in people, you know. Well, yeah. We, we tend to rile up a lot of anger in people, and so that, that tends to happen. I think he's mad because I stood him up. We were, he was wanting to go get pedicures today, but he didn't let me know in a prompt enough amount of time. Yeah. I think he's mad because I'm such a badass. Yeah. Well, I also hadn't done my homework. I hadn't watched any of our movies <laughs> for today. So, but I'm fresh. I'm current. You had to play catch up. Yep. Um, so, summer chaos continues. Uh, with Clue. Oh, quick question. Mm. It was, oh, uh, our last one was for your wife for her birthday. Mm -hmm. Who picked this film? Um, it must've been Sean. Okay. Wasn't me, wasn't you. Right. I don't think it was Tay. I don't think so. I believe this was Sean. Okay. So. That's too bad. That's why he was wanting to show up and make this one. Yeah. We do have his score. He texted it to Mm -hmm. us. And we will throw that in there. Um. Uh, we are continuing to drink our Pinot Noir, the field recordings, uh, the the wine, the Wonder Wall we were drinking earlier. We are going to switch over. We rolled on the random wheel a double IPA for this one. So. Look, it's just Todd and I drinking these wines now, so we're just we, housing them. Well, we were trying to save some for Sean, mm-hmm. and we were a little too conservative, and now we have that extra wine left over. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. I mean, there was definitely a part of me when he said he couldn't make it. There was like, <laughs> <laughs> Marty hates <laughs> More wine for both of us. So uh, we're going we're gonna to house that during this podcast and then drink some double IPA. It's going to be a, just a good time for all. Mm. Um, but we'll, once we get to that double IPA, we will uh, tell you all about it. Uh, first, we'll talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, Clue was released December 13th, 1985. Shut your mouth. So coming up on 38 years ago. Beans and cornbread. Yeah. Um, incidentally, my wife and I are watching Malcolm X. Uh and that song is on the soundtrack, Beans and Cornbread. So oh, yeah. I, I That came up, and I told her, I think of you every time I hear that song. Yeah, I should hope so. That That is one of your chosen uh, epithets. Yeah. So. Well, it helps me, helps keep me PG. Yeah, keep you clean. Yeah. For the, for the kids at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is based on the Parker Brothers board game, which is known as Cluedo outside of the United States, hmm. North America. Cluedo doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, you know. It sounds like a demon. Yeah, I'm not a socialist, so I don't understand. Clutu, Clatu, Verata, Cluedo, Cluedo, Verata, Nicto. Mm-hmm. Um, this was directed by Jonathan Lynn, who also directed My Cousin Vinny and The Whole Nine Yards. Oh. This was a big box office disappointment. It grossed $14 million against a $15 million. Oh, play. really? That's yeah. upsetting. It received mixed reviews, including Siskel and Ebert, who gave it two thumbs down. How much did it make? Or how much did it cost to make? 15 That's not... I mean, even by 85 that doesn't seem... Pretty average. That's pretty average price for that time. Exorbitant, and yeah. plus with the the cast and I don't know. This all seems like a, a play. It all happened well in one house mm-hmm. mainly, or on one board. Ooh. <laughs> um, it has since become a cult classic. Which a lot of people will tell you it's one of the most underrated movies of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson uh, cited this as an influence on his Knives Out movies. Oh, okay. This definitely feels like a Knives Out movie. I would. Hope that it wasn't for The Last Jedi. <laughs> no, God knows what his influence was for that. I don't know. Um, this is definitely a, a cast of Hollywood Squares all-stars from the 80s. <laughs> yes. You can see all these people on, no doubt, at some point, Hollywood Squares. 
Um, Eileen Brennan plays Mrs. Peacock. Madeline Kahn is Mrs. White. Christopher Lloyd is Professor Plum. Michael McKean is Mr. Green. Martin Mull is Colonel Mustard. Leslie Ann Warren is Miss Scarlet. And Tim Curry as the butler Wadsworth. Uh, Colleen Camp plays a buxom maid named Yvette. Um, and the plot follows a general vibe in the, of the game. I can't really... It's like I say in my review, if you haven't played Clue, I don't know what to tell you at this point. If you've gone this far, it's like telling me you've never played Monopoly or Sorry or Shoots and Ladders or, or anything like or Skipbo or Uno. You've, you've missed out on life. You need to play more games. I don't think I've ever played Clue. I've gotten it out. I've seen all... I played with the murder weapons <laughs> and, and the little cards and stuff. Uh, I think it was before you know we could really read instructions. I think a babysitter had it, and we busted it out. And we're <laughs> like, rules? Fuck that. We're yeah. not going to learn rules. Fuck your rules. Yeah. Um, I remember it. Bill and Pipe. <laughs> I remember it. My babysitter, it was like the... The the murder weapons got mixed up with, I believe, the Monopoly uh, stuff. You could kill somebody with a schnauzer? Oh, it was like Professor Plum in the study with a small cannon. A thimble. Yeah. It's like brutal, you know? It's like, man, that, that's some Bourne identity shit. Kill somebody with a thimble. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> um, so, basically, yeah. You know, the, the they're they're in a haunted Scooby Doo mansion or whatever. You know, the lights go out and a body falls to the ground. There's been a murder, and this group of wacky character actors has to figure out the killer before they become the next villain. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of this reminds me a little bit of Rocky Horror Picture Show because you got Tim Curry, <laughs> you got like the you know um, the couple out there. Well, not the couple, but the um, people trying to get to the creepy house while it's raining and the the lightning is all going and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got those vibes at the beginning. Bad weather. This is definitely a movie of bad weather. <laughs> I mean, by my definition, it's good, good weather. <laughs> yeah, agree to disagree. Um, so you've seen this probably, I'm going to bet, more than once. Yes. What did you think of it? Can I guess what you think of it? Yeah. First? I'm going to say that you enjoy this movie quite a bit. I'm going to say you're going to give this an eight. Ooh. Yeah, you're probably pretty accurate. I, I think I'm going to give it higher than an eight, though. Okay. Um, I really like. Uh, I like the way it was put together. Like, I think. Um, I think actually Kyle showed me this movie. I think we were at his house and we were like, "Oh, let's watch this movie." I was like, "Clue? Mm-hmm. We're going to watch a movie based on a board, board game?" I was not down with this whatsoever, and then we started watching it, and I was like, "Oh, wow! All right." Yeah. Um, and I just kind of got enraptured with it and like trying to figure out like because it's, it's just even if you're uh, a kid and you don't quite know what's happening like it's all pretty uh, entertaining yeah. like all of the the over-the-top um reactions that all the characters have to different cartoonish stuff. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. um but watching it again actually i watched this six or eight months ago with my dad and he had never seen it and he was like, this is great. This is a great movie. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it has three different endings that they, um, what, it was, uh, what, Miss Scarlet was the, the first, uh, spoiler alert, yeah. everybody, yeah. if you're watching this. I, I don't think you can even do that for a movie 40 years old. Yeah. It's like, you, you've seen it or you haven't. Well, I mean, you know, every every podcast is somebody's first, you know. That's true. Stanley, every comic book is somebody's first comic Everyone's book. beginning is someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then what? Miss Peacock was the second one, and then in the last one, they all did it, mm-hmm. and and the butler did it, mm-hmm. um, which is great. 
but I love Tim Curry in this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's he's my favorite in this. But I also like uh, Christopher Lloyd and Michael McKean. Um, they're all great. Uh, I it's an it's an excellent cast. Madeline Kahn, like out of all of her uh, movies, mainly this and Young Frankenstein, this is one of my favorite not roles of hers, but one of the scenes where she's talking about why she killed Yvette, and she's like. <laughs> I hate her so much that flame, flames, flames, uh, heaving breaths. And I wasn't sure ever, like, when I was watching it before, if she was saying she hated Yvette because of heaving breasts or heaving breaths or something. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's still said in the uh, subtitles. Heaving but breasts would make more sense. Yeah. Because that character obviously was very revealing. Yes. Outfit. Yeah. You know, she kind of... Another reason why I love this film. <laughs> You know, she kind of fills that role of like the, you know. She does fill that role. <laughs> the Three Stooges, Marx Bros., they always had like the, you know, the buxom, you know, lady sidekick mm-hmm. and other stuff, you know. Well, at some points, too, I thought like uh, like Young Frankenstein and the, the hump that switches sides, I thought that they were just getting larger in the middle. Like, I was like, <laughs> is this going to be a joke in this movie that mm-hmm. they just get larger as they go along? I noticed the camera angles became more like higher up and like they filming downward. So they were more breast centric. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see who else. Oh yeah. Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. For some reason, I always liked the, the card of Colonel Mustard and mm-hmm. the, the playing the game that I didn't play, but um, he wasn't my favorite character when I, I, I assumed he would be uh, watching us for the first time. Yeah. But I just love the way it's done. I especially love uh, Tim Curry's running and, and like the summary of the whole thing. Yeah. As he's doing the, I know who did it and running and like, because the last time I watched it, I was like, okay, I remember it's this person that does this. And I remember what Miss Peacock not being there when they killed the cook or something like that. I'm like, okay. I remember, I think it's this person. Like, this is a movie with great rewatchability. Mm. Um, especially because, uh, even if you've seen it several times, because there's three different endings, it's muddled in your mind. And you're like, man, I can't remember who did it this time because of what? Or yeah. who, who knows uh, Who knows this, this uh, person or who's being blackmailed? So... Every time you watch it, you're kind of seeing it for the first time in a way. Yeah. So I love it. Uh, th- oh, the other thing is, I think this is the greatest uh, board game adaptation adaptation to a movie ever. I, I mentioned this opening my review. Is there another board game adaptation out there? Battleship. That's from the board game. Yeah, it's supposed to be. <laughs> apparently, it was supposed to be uh, adapted from from the game Battleship. Um, isn't isn't there another one? Oh shit, I don't know. But I like, not, well, I did not realize that was from the freaking battle from the board game. And then I think, well, Jumanji. But I think the movie was uh, happened first, yeah. and then they made a Jumanji game afterwards, retroactively. And then they tried to make two, three sequels after that yeah. and a reboot. I don't know. I never saw it. Yeah. And maybe, those were maybe cool. the kids that like spy kids back in the day, they got a little bit older and they liked the reboot Jumanji's. I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't me. It's not my world anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, so what'd you give this? I want to give this, Oh, what we can spoiler alert. Sean gave this a straight 10. Mm-hmm. 
I think he's close, man. Uh, and and I'm going to give it an 8.5. Wow. Um, but in terms of board games and nostalgia, I, I think I'm down with him. It's a 10. Wow. It's kind of like a, a, a play that happens all in one house, one one area. I just like the way the characters play off of one another. Mm-hmm. I even like the, the little um, lilty uh, soundtrack at the end when they're running from room to room. Yeah. It's great. So we're going to agree to disagree on this one. I don't know if you I don't know if you saw my review but yet on TomWoffordMovies.com. Um, uh, I'm going to give this a 5.5. Oh. Um, so this movie honestly has never quite done it for me. And it's like, and I know a lot of people love it. And so basically it stands to reason that the things that bug me are going to be what other people love. And it's like one thing that's always bugged me is the multiple endings. And I'll tell you why. It, it's like, to me... Nobody watches a mystery to see what might have happened. It's always like, you know, you want a definitive answer of like, this is what happened. And, you know, I mean, even in my review, it's like even the board game gives you like the envelope and who did what in what room and with what weapon. You get your clear answer. And it's like, to me, I've always interpreted that as they didn't have enough meat on the bone for a movie. So they had to pad it out with three endings to, uh-huh. to fluff it up. Um but that's always irritated me. It's like you get all that way and then they fake you out with two pseudo endings before you get to what I guess maybe even though they, they have the cute little sub silent movie intertitles, they say this is what happened, you know, and it's like, well, okay. But it's like that's always kind of bugged me that they have two fake out endings. I heard, and this is before the internet, that uh, they each had like shown in theaters they only showed one of the endings, and it wasn't until it was like on home video that you got to see all three. Okay. That can't be true because it's only an hour and a half uh, movie. It'd have been and like if it wasn't, it would have been yeah, it'd been seventy seventy five. Yeah, and so that that was my theory back in the day. It was like they it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where it they about eighteen minutes in they're sitting on the couch and everything wrapped up nicely and they kind of sit there and look at each other for a minute. It's like, well, we got to figure out. So they have like a musical number or something. They have to pad this out to twenty two minutes, <laughs> and it's like. That's kind of like this. Like, well, what do we do? Well, let's, let's just throw all the endings out there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the cast is obviously having a lot of fun. I like Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. I mean, he's kind of a blowhard, you know, full kind of Kind of dummy. Yeah. I mean, and and that incompetence kind of, you know, Christopher Lloyd's character, Professor Plum's kind of an incompetent individual. That kind of runs through the, the and story. Mr. Green, yeah. Just a bunch of doofuses. Um, they're all having a lot of fun with it. They're all great act character actors. Um but you know, Tim Curry is having the most fun. Tim Curry, I put this in the review. It's like he earned every bit of his salary running around in a sweaty, you know, just sprint throughout the house. Mm-hmm. He he looks like he's always about to just fall over from running everywhere. Yeah, and just panting breathlessly. It's like the, he earned his keep at this movie. Um, and it's like I think that's one reason why it's kind of caught on with a cult following is because he's so he's so good. He's so naturally funny. You know, and I do enjoy the cast. I enjoy him a lot, um, but it just the that situation. Cause all I know is the multiple endings. It always kind of bugged me, and it's like, you know, but also the running around everywhere, and then they they kind of they kind of mug at each other and have. They, it's almost a little bit like Hanna Barbera, a little too much. Yeah, and you know, again, I know some people love that. You know, it's like you get not one but two, at least two falling chandelier jokes. You know, it's like it's it's a little too Looney Tunes cartoonish for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it just never quite did it for me. And the sound mixing on every other character that is not like the main characters, like the motorist or the police officer that comes to the door, Sing or like whatever. Them. Yeah. The they never seem to be properly mic'd up. They're just like, oh, we had to come in and overdub later. And it's not something I would have noticed then, but it's just when you've seen when you've had the established sound that's been going on with every the the character the actors in a room it just it's uh, almost jarring to hear like uh the motorist when he comes in and he starts trying to talk and it's raining behind him yeah and it's a completely different mix yeah it's not mic'd up right yeah it's just like it makes me feel better than other people <laughs> that i notice that and i'm like god yeah these pedestrians yeah sync up your av yeah but it's like the the uh singing telegram i believe she was one of the go-go's so yeah part of the 80s band wasn't you know what? She correct me if I'm wrong. Was she Joan of Arc in the Bill and Ted's movies? Could be for some reason. <laughs> I, that's probably not factual. But all of a sudden, I was like, she might. Now that you like, mentioned that, there's yeah. definitely a resemblance. Um, you might have to verify that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I never really got a whole lot from this movie. I don't, that, I, and unlike other people. And going back to it now, I probably wasn't in the right mood for it, but mm-hmm. still didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, but what we're going to do right now, we'll take a quick break. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She, she was. She was Joan of Arc. God, I'm fucking good. I mean, if she did no other two movies, she has a strong filmography already. She's the murdered scene telegram lady and Clue and Joan of Arc and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's a solid resume already. Also, she looks like uh, what Bruce Willis's girlfriend in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. I would verify that's not her. No. <laughs> I want the big blueberry pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to crack open our double IPAs, and we'll be right back. So uh, stay with us. And so for this uh, episode, the random wheel picked. Um, they picked double IPA, but uh, what I had in my fridge already was a quadruple ale. Yeah, this is... This is pretty standard for you, Todd, is that somebody asks you for one thing and you give them a Todd pour, which is probably twice of what they asked for. Well, and it's interesting that I just watched the movie Oppenheimer because it's like, now I'm become death, the destroyer, <laughs> destroyer of worlds. <laughs> um, that this, That's a mischievous side that I've always had when it comes to, to, to drinks and I'm honestly amazed that people are surprised at this point. Yeah. That, well, you know, I mean, it's like reading the comics. Like, oh, but the Joker's taking hostages <laughs> and playing games? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's, it's the Aesop's fable. I can't help it. It's my nature. You know, and then after you've done all this, you're Ozymandias. Look on my works, you mighty and despair. <laughs> exactly. You have people pass out on your couch. You're like, I did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got people barfing up blue drink. That's just how it goes. <laughs> Um, I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> Which is interesting because, you know, in Oppenheimer, there is one of the scientists is one of the physicists is named Heisenberg. Ooh. And it's like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm 14 years old inside. Every time it's like, you know, we got, we've got to see Heisenberg. It's like, I expect to see like them, them because it's in New Mexico. I, I expect to see them standing out in the <laughs> desert. It's like, say my name. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're Heisenberg. Um, quadruple is good. Yeah, I, this is great. This is my Boulevard, The Calling. Uh, it's quadruple ale. It's a big Belgian style. It's dark. I mean, it's it's almost coffee dark. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a heavier oh, with some sweetness to it. It's got some malty sweetness. 
About 9%. Yeah, I can barely see light through it. So I will say that with the temperature being 100 plus degrees where we are, if it's hot where you are, this is not a warm weather beer. No, I can't, I can't, I can't live outside right now in yeah. these conditions. And I can't live if living is without you. Mm-hmm. Um, can't live anymore. Incidentally, The Calling, one of my favorite bands. Exactly. From the, from the early 2000s. Well, Actually, I, I knew, um, excuse me, I didn't know. But a gal that went to my high school was uh, the girl in the music video for The Calling. Okay. Yeah. Small role. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What was their big hit, The Calling? Wherever You Will Go? Yeah. So I knew it started with wherever. What was Michelle Branch's hit? Because you're everywhere okay. to me. Everywhere, gotcha. So just, I'm, I'm getting them everything. My, my 90s stuff. You want Vanessa Carlton next? If you need. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Making my way. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, this is what we do for this one. It's it's. I would honestly save this for like football season. Once there's a little bit chill in the air, you know, especially you know if you're if you're tailgating, you need something to warm you up, maybe give you a little bit of a good buzz. The calling quadruple ale is a good pick. You know? Nine percent too. And again, this is the the first beer you give somebody that gets to your house. It's like, oh, yeah. nice. And then you give them the shit guest beers. Unless you're me, you're trying to like get the rid of the. Oh well, yeah, if you're me. <laughs> I like to drink a good, like, Alpha Hive, which is just huge, mm-hmm. uh, powerful beer. And then I like to have Modelo's for the rest of the day. You, you know? Like, you like to shift down. Yeah. You're too close for missiles. You like to shift guns. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd likes to keep his foot on the gas. Oh. When it's anybody but him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like to be the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. This bastard sips his shots. I like to, to step back and rub my hands together. Mm-hmm. Maybe twiddle my mustache. Yeah. Twiddle so, it or twirl it? I mean, yeah, it's like, what kind of, is it twiddle? Is it, <laughs> you fiddling? <laughs> I mean, what kind, I mean, what kind of villain It's like wants to be tied down the railroad tracks themselves? No, you tie somebody else down to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, what the hell movie with Clue? So, um, yeah, Sean's 10 out of 10, you're 10 out of 10. Well, in certain circles, I, I, I give it an 8.5, but man, it's great. Mm-hmm. 5.5. This, uh, this is weird. You would think this would even have nostalgia. I remember renting this on VHS mm-hmm. back in the day. The, you would think this would have some kind of nostalgia, but it really, it's weird. I just don't feel that connection to it. Yeah, I mean, there's some some movies, the more I watch them, the more I, the more I see mm-hmm. through, you know, more viewings and the more I like them. And, you know, it's a whole slice of time thing, right? Yeah. You watch, I watched The Land Before Time. At six years old, I'm like, fuck, this is a 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah. I watch it today. All right. Let's reach. I, I picked the wrong movie. It's still a 10 out of 10. <laughs> but still, it's not going to hit me quite so hard. Yeah. Also, I know that Littlefoot's parents are going to, you know, grandparents are going to uh, bite the big one. Sharp Tooth is going to kill his mom. And, don't, you know, don't tell me that. Our tax is going to sink in the never ending story. Like, I know these things. <laughs> I can steal my nerves. Mm-hmm. And so they don't impact me as much. But still. Yeah. Well, and I try to never like lose that little kid vibe. I don't ever want to like truly lose watch. Sense. I hope you never lose your <laughs> sense of wonder. Butterfly kisses, but it's like I try to never like 
truly watch a movie like feeling like I've grown up and like I've become like Robin Williams and Hook where it's like, you know, oh yeah, I'm just an old fat lawyer. You know, it's like I still want to keep that little kid view of a movie like this, you know, especially like Never Ending Story and so many of the other movies we watched, Sandlot and, you know, the movies that, that I loved, you know, Major League, honestly, is another one, Little Big League, anything else we've done. It's like, you know, I never want to lose that view of it. I always want to be a little boy and have fun. <laughs> Todd, if you ever get the chance to sit it out or dance, I, I hope, hope you dance. dance. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> um, so this has been another episode of Cinema Fino. Great movies, only drunker. Uh, the Calling Quadruple Ale. It is heavy going. This is coming out at the tail end of July. Wait until at least late September before you buy one of these. I'm going to put this, put this on your queue. This is, uh, well, I mean, you don't exactly think of aging beers, but like this would be fine. It's yeah, you, 9%. You could buy it now. It'll hold yeah. up. It's fine. You know, people, people put expiration dates on beers like this, but these kind of beers will hold up for a while. How long do you think you could age this little guy? Most beers you don't want to age more than a year. Yeah, I'm not more than that because it's like this one, it's like you're going to, you're going to bring the malts up more and more. Um, you're going to mellow out the hops. I mean, I, maybe a year at the most. Yeah, we had Maharaja by, that wasn't Great Divide. Who was that by? Avery. Avery, mm-hmm. Maharaja. And we would buy cases at a time after it came out because it was the greatest thing in, back in 2007. And then yeah. uh, I had several that I had sat on, and then I was like, hey, this tonight's a great night. I'm going to open this up. And it just wasn't the beer I remembered. It was I was like, like, oh, no, I should have had this quite a while ago. It's like watered down raisin juice. Yeah. 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 It's so disappointing. Anyway, great movies, only drunker. Um, ten things I had about you, beer-flavored nipples, callback. Mm-hmm. Beer-flavored nipples. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, with this clue. Uh, next up, ten things I had about you, and then we get back on track with the whole band after that. Mm-hmm. So we will see you guys uh, next time. Do you ever wish that Tim Curry would just bite you? Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our website is cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com.